Well, good morning, everyone. Thanks for uh, tuning into the Mass today to unite yourselves uh, to the sacrifice of Christ. I can't resist. There's, I just thought of when we were reading the gospel, there's a, a friend of mine who always says when he's, if he's ever made a bishop, which God help us all, hopefully not, um, but if he's ever made a bishop, bishops choose Episcopal mottos. So they'll choose uh, a motto for their time as bishop. And so, for instance, our bishop here in Denver, Archbishop Aquila, his motto is from uh, John chapter 2, where Mary says, the wedding feast of Cana, do whatever he tells you. Uh, so my friend says, if he were ever made a bishop, he would take his motto from today's gospel uh, that says, Lord, by now there will be a stench. <laughs> it's totally ridiculous. Today's gospel is super powerful. Today's readings are amazing, and they're going to speak to us in a time of hardship, a time of fear, and they're going to call us to a deeper faith in Christ. Um, and I want you to think as we start today about a time maybe where you've had someone in your life who has made a bold ask of you. Sometimes people make really bold asks. Priests know this. One of my favorite times has ever happened when I was in seminary studying for the priesthood uh, here in Denver is a seven-year process. And when you're in seminary, you just feel like you're going to be there forever. And you look forward so much to that first day when you're able to celebrate Mass. And I looked forward to that. We had been in studies, and, you know, I felt like I was in seminary about 80 years, and I was looking so forward to that day when I could say my first Mass when I was actually a priest of God. And it got close, and we, it was building towards that day. And when you're getting close to ordination, people come out of the woodwork, and people you've never heard of before, you've never met, and they start t interacting with you and asking for things. And your first Mass, what you do at your first Mass as a priest, is you offer it for your family. It's very powerful. There's a couple of traditional uh, things you do in that Mass to honor your parents, very powerful mass. Uh, so I was getting ready for preparing for all that, and I started getting letters, and people would ask me, who I had never met in my life, and they would say, Father Brian, will you offer your first mass for me? And I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> who are you? I don't, we've never even met. People can do that sometimes. They'll make big asks of us. They'll ask things that, that really kind of are out of line. Today it seems in our gospel like Mary and Martha are asking something like that. And here's where I want to challenge you today, is that John's gospel, and we're going to see this in our uh, reading today, but Jesus wants us to understand that so oftentimes the problem with us is that we ask for the small things, and God wants to give us something far, far greater. This happens all over the gospel. The problem with us is not, you see, that, that we want too much from God. Our problem usually is that we want earthly things. And if we only knew, if we only knew the things that God wants to give us, right, our hearts would turn away from those earthly things immediately. 
we would realize the great glory, the beauty, the amazing things that God has in store for us. And what I want to do for you today, brothers and sisters, in the midst of these things, I want to challenge you today. What does your heart want? What does your heart long for? What does your soul desire? It's so easy in these, these days to say, I just want my life back. I just want things to return to normal. And I'm, I am with you, so do I. Uh, I want things to return to normal, maybe a little less busy, but I want them to return to normal. But God is saying to us, Brian, don't you want more? Don't you want something so much more? So let's walk through this. So in John's gospel, we've, we've seen some of these stories. And what happens to John's gospel is that people ask Jesus for things. And he wants to talk to them and dialogue with them about it, but he wants to give them something much deeper. So in John chapter 4, we had a couple weeks ago. In John 4, Jesus encounters the woman at the well. And there's a classic case where this woman doesn't really understand what Jesus is talking about. Jesus uses a metaphor to talk about something deeper. So in John 4, the woman comes to the well, and Jesus says, why didn't you ask me for water? And she says, you don't even have a bucket. Why would I ask you for water? And he says, if you knew the gift of God and who it was who was speaking with you, you would have asked me, and I would have given you uh, living water. Right? And water that wells up to eternal life. And the woman thinks that Jesus is just talking about water. So in John 4, we see this paradigm. We see that Jesus, what he really ends up leading the woman towards is to desire and to thirst, not for earthly water, but for the water of the Holy Spirit. Right? That water that will flow out of the heart of Christ on the cross, right, where the Spirit will lead all of us, not to just earthly waters, but to heavenly waters. So that's John 4. John chapter 6, uh, we have the Bread of Life Discourse. And Jesus feeds 5,000 men. He takes five loaves and two fish, and he feeds 5,000 men. And the, the people later on, they say, Lord, we want more of that bread. And Jesus, in John 6, he says, uh, Truly, truly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. And then Jesus says this, he says, Do not labor for the food which perishes. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life. Right, so Jesus wants us not to thirst just for water. He wants us to thirst for the Spirit. He wants us not just to hunger for food, but to hunger for the Eucharist, for communion with God himself, which is the far greater gift. So that happens in John 6. In John chapter 9, we had last week the man born blind. Right? And the man is, is able to see, but the physical sign is a sign of a much deeper, a much deeper reality that God wants to give us. He wants to give us the gift of seeing who he is. It's called faith. Right? And faith is far greater than physical sight. And in last week's story of the gospel, we see how the, blind, the man born blind 
comes to understand and see Jesus, right? He sees who he is. While the Pharisees, right, are actually growing in blindness. And that leads us to today, right? Today, we're going to get to this, is that Jesus wants to give us something so much better than just earthly life. And really quick, I want to, reminded me this morning, I was praying and thinking about this, and it reminded me of, if you've ever read C.S. Lewis's book, The Great Divorce, it's an amazing book. It's so good. And if you haven't read that, you can't be Catholic. So go read that in your time in quarantine and social distancing. Go read The Great Divorce. Wonderful book. But in that story, there's a group of people who are in hell, and they take a bus ride to heaven. And they get to decide if they want to stay in heaven or not. And it's just a wonderful allegory for what heaven is about. But one of the characters in that story, he goes from hell to heaven. And when he's there, heaven is more real than anything on earth. And so the the grass is so real in heaven that the feet of those souls on the way there, they can't handle the grass. The grass cuts their feet. And one of the characters, heaven is so perfect, it's so beyond his wildest dreams, and he sees an apple. And it's like this golden apple. It's like, it's like perfect. I don't really like apples, but some of you probably do. So maybe that's attractive to you. Imagine like a perfect bowl of gelato, right? <laughs> and so the guy, he, he's enamored by this apple. And what he do- does is he says, I'm going to pick that apple up and I'm going to carry it back to hell with me so I can have that apple. And the angel who is sent to him, and I love this, this is a great analogy for our lives, is that the the angel says, put the apple down and learn how to live in heaven. Don't just take that and go back to an awful place. Learn to stay in heaven itself. And these characters in John's gospel, and you and I, what we oftentimes do is we want God's blessings, and they're good blessings. But God wants to give us something far greater. Right? He wants to call us to eternal life. And that's what today's gospel is about. Brothers and sisters, this, this sign that Jesus performs today where he raises Lazarus from the dead Uh, an incredibly powerful moment. We see the Lord's heart and his love for Lazarus and his love for us. But Jesus here in John chapter 11, and I encourage you, read this today while you're at home. Read the gospel. Martha says, I know, right? She says, Lord, I know that my brother will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus wants to take her deeper. He wants to take us deeper. He doesn't want us just to say, I got to get through this life and hopefully I'll rise from the dead someday. Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus is the resurrection. And I want you to think about this. What do you want to happen What are you praying for these days? What are you asking of God in these days? Are you asking for your normal life back? 
And again, I'm, I'm praying for that. But God wants this time, he wants to change your heart. He wants to teach you through this time of suffering that life is so much more than a normal day in the world. Real life is not just biological life. It's not just one more day. It's not just the economy being restored. I hope the economy is restored. But God wants so much more for you. So much more. Right? He wants us to hunger for that life that is not just one day after another. It's not just food and drink and pleasure and entertainment. God wants us to hunger for the life that only he can give. I am the resurrection and the life, says the Lord. That's the life I want. Pope Benedict, another, I know I recommend way too much to read, but you've got time. If you ever want to read an encyclical, I've been getting thousands of emails saying, Father Brian, what encyclical could I read? Okay, never happened ever in my entire life. But if you did email me, I would say you should read Space Salve, which means saving hope. And it's from Pope Benedict, and it's an encyclical about eternal life, and it is super powerful. But what he says in that encyclical is he says, the kind of life that God wants to give us, and there's two Greek words here, right? Of course, we have to have the Greek. In Greek, one of the words for life is bios. It's where we get biology. And that's good. Biology is a good thing. But today, when Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life, he doesn't say bios. He doesn't use that word. He uses the word zoe. Zoe is not merely biological life. Zoe is that life that, that you want and that I want. Zoe is not so much, uh, it's not chronological, it's not one day after another. It's a quality, it's a fullness. It is when you are fully alive, when your heart is filled with love and joy and truth and goodness, that is Zoe. And that's the life I want. And so Jesus today, right, he performs a sign on this earth, but he raises Lazarus back to a biological life. But just like in those other stories, in the woman at the well, with the feeding of the 5,000, right, with the man born blind, Jesus wants to lead them to something deeper. Today, with the raising of Lazarus from the dead, God wants to lead us not to a normal life again, but to the kind of life that only comes from God. Eternal life. And I want to challenge you, brothers and sisters, as we wrap up this morning, I just want to challenge you. What do you want? When this is all over, please God, very quickly. When this is over, what do you want? What kind of life do you want to have? Look into your heart. Every one of us is called not just to exist, 
We are called to the fullness of life that is heaven itself. It is a life lived in communion with God. It is a life where the Spirit breathes in our souls. It is a life where we live for God and we live for others. And the good news, the really good news, if we have to suffer, brothers and sisters, if some of us have to die, which surely some of us will, if you have to die, die with Christ because there's something far better. If you lose your job, that's a terrible thing and I hope it doesn't happen. But if you lose your job, you have eternal life in Christ and your life is not about your job. As scary and as hard as that is, Jesus today, but I want to thirst. I want to thirst like the woman at the well, but I want to thirst for the Spirit. I want to hunger, but not for the bread of earth. I want to hunger for the bread from heaven. And Jesus, I want to see, but I don't want to just see physically. I want to have faith to see that you are God, that you are the one who loves us. And Jesus, today, Lord, I want life, but I don't just want my old life. Jesus, give every one of us, give the whole world Give us faith, give us the Spirit, give us the Eucharist, and Jesus, give us eternal life.